Super excited that you're back for our special limited series, Pilates for Women in Midlife. And with me, your host, Heike Yates. And today's episode is all about setting you up for success. You've got the basics down. You started your Pilates journey at home, but what's next? It all sounds a little bit confusing to start with. And how do I put things together? And how do I start Pilates safely? Today, we're diving into common mistakes people often make when starting Pilates. And most importantly, how to avoid them. Whether you're a beginner or have been practicing Pilates for a while, this episode will give you insights you need to make the most out of your Pilates routine. So let's dive right into our episode today. Welcome to a special limited edition of the Pursue Your Spark podcast. I'm your host, Heike Yates, and I'm thrilled to introduce a series that's going to transform your relationship with fitness, and it's called Pilates for Women in Midlife. I can't wait to dive into the content with you that I'll be sharing in this limited edition. As some of you may know, I've been teaching Pilates for 20 years now, and I've been a fitness and nutrition and mindset coach for almost 40 years. But when I go back to Pilates, it, it seems confusing sometimes to people. Everybody says, oh, I have to think of so many things when I'm doing Pilates, and I forget this, and then I forget that, and I'm thinking I'm not perfect. We're not looking to be perfect in Pilates. Joseph Pilates even said we're looking for the ideal, and the ideal is different for everybody. But there are things that I always notice when I'm coaching my clients, and I want to talk about those things today in this episode because they are important and they make your Pilates practice way more successful. So let's dive into number one, which is definitely one of the big ones, holding your breath. Many beginners, but also seasoned Pilates takers or students, hold their breath during challenging movements, which can create tension in the body. Now that means you stop breathing when you maybe do the hundred or you don't get enough air or you just don't breathe deep enough, which I find more often than not that people simply just don't breathe deeply. They've forgotten how to deep breathe deeply and how to take a deep breath in. So it is effective of things we've talked about earlier, expanding your lung capacity and how to avoid, how do you avoid holding your breath? Emphasize the importance of breath work in Pilates. Make sure you inhale and exhale deeply through the nose and the mouth. Coordinate the breath with the movement. So what I teach my people, my people, my students, my friends, who everybody takes Pilates, I always start with uh, breathing for nothing and then exhale as you go. And also I say, Every movement has a breath and every breath has a movement. And that's where the coordinated breath comes in, that you inhale when you imagine you're lying on your back and you do arm circles, even without the reform or the Cadillac. You breathe in and out in that circle. So it's a slow circle because if I ask you to properly breathe in, it is not what I call huffy puffy breath. <laughs> no, it's a 
Inhale through the nose, exhale through the mouth. So it is coordinating the movement with the breath. It's also true. The faster and more radical you move, the less you breathe. So I prefer to teach Pilates in a slow way where we can breathe deeply and have the benefit of what breathing does for us. Give us more energy, uh, oxygenate our blood and make us feel or make us have more energy. Number two is overarching the lower back. Some women tend to overarch their lower back, especially during exercises that involves lifting the legs or upper body. Now, arching the back, we have a natural curvature in our lower back. When we're lifting the legs, this curvature gets smaller. We, that, that doesn't mean that we're pushing our back down, but as we're lifting the legs, sometimes I notice instead of engaging the core, or as Joseph Pilates calls it, the powerhouse, you learned about the powerhouse in a previous episode, you will arch your back and then all the work goes into your back instead of being supported by the front of your abdominals, your rectus abdominals, transverse abdominals, and the obliques. Now, the core or the powerhouse is everything but the arms, the legs, and the head, but the head is a little bit part of the spine. So it is actually part of the powerhouse, in my opinion, um, because we don't want to arch the neck either. But when we're talking about the lower back, you should not feel tension in your lower back. If that is the case, all you do is you bring your knees closer to the chest. You engage your powerhouse, your apples, as we call it in my practice, or some know it as the navel to spine, but I started calling it engaging your two little red apples in your lower abdominals, in your apple bowl. So you are supported. We are looking to maintain a neutral spine and engaging the core to support the lower back is fancy words to say this. And this is really important for women in midlife who some of you already have back issues and you're arching your back and you're wondering why your back always hurts. Or if you're still having your menses, your back hurts sometimes because you are around your cycle. So this is also why sometimes the Pilates work is really helpful because it supports that area and it makes it feel a lot better and stronger. Number three is using momentum instead of control. Often when I see my students, that's called instead of my people, it's called my students, go through the exercise, they use the straps and pull really hard or on the roll-up, they jerk the body up and use momentum. This is leading to poor form and potentially to injury. It may be a humbling experience when you can't do the roll-up, but so may be it if you don't do the roll-up and you use the right muscles, which is what we're looking for, then you're using what we're after. Not the ones that, the muscles that are the strongest, but we're using the muscles that we want to use, the muscles we want to re recruit in each movement. So it's not about getting the, the work done and go as fast as you can go, which I sometimes also refer to as turbo Pilates. But here's what we want to do. Stress 
the Pilates principle of control. We're controlling each movement. Each movement should be deliberate and controlled, engaging the correct muscle groups because we know the strong guys are already taking over because that's why we sometimes have tension. That's why we have short muscles. That's why the hamstrings are tight. That's why our neck is tight. All those guys take over and we don't want them to work more than necessary. Number four is focusing solely on the core. While Pilates is known for its core strengthening benefits, some women neglect other parts of the body. Well, we're not just coming in and crunching it out. We're not just doing Pilates and do only the Pilates five for the core work. We're using the whole body. And that goes back to when I say, lift your legs. When I tell my clients and students say, okay, now let's lift our legs effectively. Usually I get a blank stare if people have not been working with me for a while. Because what I see is you're using your lower back or you're using your hips to lift up the legs. Well, do you have to use the hips? Absolutely. But we can put a mindfulness on our lower abdominals or the transverse abdominals and the breath to make this a much more effective and efficient way of lifting the legs that it's beneficial to your whole body. Because remind yourself that Pilates is a full body workout. Pay attention to what your arms and your legs and your back are doing. Sometimes when people lift their legs, their neck starts to bunch up. And they say, oh, I didn't even notice that. So when we're looking at the body as a whole, we're seeing things that we may have not noticed before. And so just crunching it out with the core and planking it out and doing the hundreds and things like that is not always the most effective way to look at Pilates. And number five is comparing yourself to others, especially in group classes. We might compare ourselves to others who are more advanced, and that is sometimes discouraging. It doesn't matter what the body next to you does, how fast they move, how big they can make the leg circle, how beautifully they can roll, because it's not your body. We don't care what they can do. They have started somewhere just like you, so it's okay to not roll up or do rolling like a ball. And if some of those exercises are not familiar to you, it is okay because you're on a Pilates journey with me here. So here's what, what I want you to think of. Focus on yourself, not on others. Remind yourself that Pilates is a journey. It's different for everybody and it's okay to modify exercises or take breaks. You know, I've been teaching for 20 years, but I'm also a triathlete and a former bodybuilder and an um, Ironman triathlon. So I did those long distances and it's taken a toll on my body. And I'm 62, so I'm no spring chicken either. And so my body has gotten a beating. So some of those exercises are very difficult for me. And now that I have arthritis and a torn meniscus in my knee, yes, I do sound like a big mess, but I'm doing great. Uh, I just have to avoid certain exercises or modify them. So they work for me, no matter what age, no matter what condition 
We all can do Pilates. And number six is skipping the fundamentals. Everybody is really eager to jump in and do the hard stuff. And some of the Pilates classes that I've observed, they're just what I call do the turbo Pilates or they're pumping it away without regard of what the fundamentals are. The fundamentals in Pilates are so small and so, um, yeah, so small that it almost doesn't feel like exercise, but they are the fundamentals of Pilates. And when you master those leg slides, the breathing, uh, how to lift the head properly, it is a game changer to Pilates. And that takes time. Just think about what it is that you want to get out of your Pilates practice. Master the basic movements and do them well with movements and postures before progressing to more advanced exercises. This is especially important for women in midlife who are new to exercise or are returning from a break. Yep, you've been taking care of everybody else but yourself and now you're back and you're wondering, wow, I'm so out of shape. But you're not. You're building up to a stronger body overall. And number seven is inconsistent practice. Some of us treat Pilates like in a once in a while activity, which definitely hampers the progress. So when you hear me about consistency, you also hear me about regularly doing something. If you throw in Pilates every now and again, it's okay. But will you get the full benefit of it? No. If you don't apply those principles, those fundamentals to everything in life or other exercises that we've talked about before in another episode, it will not feel like you're making a dent into your Pilates work. You know, when I started Pilates, I thought it was hocus pocus. I, I took this first class that I was like, oh my God. This is really boring. And I came from a bodybuilding background, so I wanted some action. And I wanted to have like hard workout because that's what I was used to from my bodybuilding and fitness experience. I wanted to crush it until I realized that crushing is not it and that I need to take my time and really learn it, which I did, and take also take time to, to um, learn how my body responded to it and how Pilates aligns with what I'm doing in my everyday life and how I can incorporate this makes a big difference. And that's a wrap for today's episode where we tackled common mistakes in Pilates and how to stay clear of them. Knowledge is power and I hope you're feeling more empowered to get the most out of your Pilates practice. Now, that you're well-equipped to avoid these pitfalls, what's the next step? Our upcoming episode is all about making Pilates a habit. I hinted on that already. We'll dive into practical tips and strategies to help you seamlessly integrate Pilates into your daily life. So if you're ready to make Pilates a consistent part of your wellness journey, you do not want to miss this next episode. And that's a wrap. 
Thank you for tuning in to another empowering episode of this limited series, Pilates for Women in Midlife, by me, Heike Yates. Are you ready to take your health journey to the next level? Then don't miss out on my free training, Three Ways to Recapture Your Health and Thrive. It even includes a few Pilates exercises for you to try out. Trust me, you won't want to miss it. If you found today's episode valuable, please share it with your friends, family, or anyone you know who could benefit from it. Sharing is caring, and let's face it, we could all use a little more health and happiness in our lives, especially as we're navigating the ups and downs of midlife. For more tips of healthy living, diet, exercise, and mindset strategies, plus amazing guests, be sure to check out the Pursue Your Spark podcast for women in midlife. It's your one-stop shop for all things health, fitness, nutrition, and mindset. I'll leave a link in the show notes so you can easily check it out. Until next time, keep pursuing your spark and make Pilates a habit you'll never want to break. Ciao!